Hello and welcome to the Cat Mass Day Chronicles. We have exciting, interesting and powerful stories from cat owners about well-being. I'm your host, Michelle Adams, the founder of Chatty Cats Care, a professional cat sitting company. Join me as I dive deep into conversation with cat owners about their individual journeys. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. This episode is brought to you by Chatty Cats Care, London's professional cat sitting company. Hello and welcome to the Cat Master Chronicles podcast, episode 20. This week we are joined by the gorgeous Tanya Lodi, founder of Tanya's Tea House. Tanya's Tea House is the hotspot and place to be in Dubai, located in the prestigious Jumeirah Beach. The Tea House has been voted seventh most Instagrammable cafe in the world, which just speaks volumes about what Tanya has built and achieved. The cafe's stylish interiors featuring elegant rose gold accents, minimalist marble touches and whimsical foliage makes Tanya's Tea House an optimal venue. So if you're already based in Dubai or planning a holiday once the lockdown period eases, do make sure to schedule in a visit to Tanya's Tea House in your itinerary, because I certainly am. She's also a self-proclaimed cat's lady, and we can't wait to hear more about her and her love and experience with cats. So without further ado, thank you so much for joining us today, Tanya. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk to me. I've introduced you a little, um, but if you could tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself, please. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, so excited to be here. Um, sure thing. So um, obviously, I'm obsessed with tea. I do think my blood type is T positive now. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, puns run in my blood, in my business. Um, Tanya's Tea House is around two and a half years old. That is my baby, besides my furry baby, chamomile, my cat, which I guess we'll get into later. Running a business has been my dream uh, since I was a young girl. Um, my love for tea has been around for the last at least 15 years. And uh, while I was in university, I was really inspired by cafe culture in Toronto. And I suffered an autoimmune disorder back then, which kind of trickled down into deciding what I wanted to do with my life, how I wanted to share my love for tea and the magical effects it has on your body, and how to turn that into a business back in Dubai. Um, And that's where it all started. (laughs) Wow, that is a quite a story. Um, And I guess when you experience, you know, trauma or any kind of sickness, it really makes you think about what you love, what you're passionate about, and what you really want to do. 100%. It changes you as a person, it shapes you. And um, I grew up with the mentality that nothing should ever feel insurmountable. And, um, and, you know, I was inspired to kind of harness my struggles into something positive because at the end of the day, the cards that you're dealt, there's only so much you can do about it. Um, and I kind of refuse to let it bring me down. Oh, 100%. And I mean, you know, look at you now. Sometimes these experiences really do give 
people the push they kind of need to 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 start something they really love and want to and um yeah I've heard so many fantastic stories that you know I find inspirational and um just listening to this it sounds like yours is definitely one of them as well thank you so much (laughs) you're welcome um so what was the uh, real drive about creating a tea house in Dubai specifically? So I've lived in Dubai the last, um, I believe it's 16 years now. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been ages. I was born and raised in the U.S. the first 10 years of my life. And then um, we all moved to Dubai as a family because my dog, dog, dog dad got a <laughs> job transfer. Sorry, I'm speaking so fast. My tongue got twisted. No um, I fell in love with Dubai uh, while I was in university in, in Canada. As much as I did love Toronto, I, I did have a dream to, to open up something back in Dubai because here there's a lot of um, restaurants, shops, brands from different parts of the world. But I think back then, five years ago, um, homegrown brands were just becoming a thing. And I really wanted to jump on that bandwagon of opening something in Dubai that was from a Dubai kid and something that I could um, also share with there that um, that it, it just felt more genuine. And it felt like, um, I felt like there was a gap in Dubai as well, to, if mm. I'm being honest, when it comes to tea. Um, everyone's like coffee, 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 but uh, nobody really understood tea doesn't just mean chamomile or earl grey or black or moroccan there's a profound world of tea that I was ready to kind of share with <laughs> oh definitely and as a tea lover this excites me because I love Dubai as well I love to visit Dubai and um tea is it's always been a part of my life so I'm <laughs> I'm one of those strange people that that don't drink usual kind of like English tea I I don't drink it at all and coffee at all I just don't like it so I've always been into herbal teas for a very from a very young age I love them and the cool thing about um about my brand is that we actually do teas that people are are kind of in disbelief that they're actually tea we have cookie dough flavored we have cheesecake flavored um we have uh we have santa's milk and cookies flavored for um for christmas as well as more traditional blends as well as wellness blends that have um ingredients like ashwagandha root which helps with anxiety and mental health disorders or ingredients like gyostema which helps your body um fight environmental pressures like these are such understated ingredients that people don't know that they can be in tea. So we've really curated a list and handpicked ingredients that that kind of suit every need. Yeah, it's almost like chemistry, isn't it, in a way? It, there's it like is. a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just some of those flavors that you mentioned, like I wish my camera was on so that you could see my face. Like my mind <laughs> is blown. And um yeah, those flavors sound absolutely amazing. Like I've never heard anything <laughs> like that before. So I love how unique and niche it is. It's thank you so much. (laughs) Um, So I've seen photos of your website and Instagram, but I'm in love with the decor and style of your cafe. Where did the design inspiration come from? So I'm a huge Pinterest lover. Um, I think I really just scrolled through Pinterest, saw what things are trending, saw what things made me feel happy and cozy and warm inside, and I just 
you know, I, I, I wanted to implement all these different designs. And I also studied psychology in university. So the whole psychology of a, a setting that you're in and using feng shui and, um, you know, different elements and colors to make people feel calm and relaxed. I guess I kind of took all of those things together. And um, I am one of those lovers of everything aesthetic and pretty. Um, so yeah, I, I just started from there picked pastel colors because I thought pastels are warm, inviting, um, relaxing, but make you happy at the same time. Um, rose gold and flowers and uh, puns everywhere. And just, I guess it, I just picked everything I liked and started with that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love that there was so much thought behind it and that you brought in like the psychological part of things and how people think and feel it kind of reminds me of uh, have you heard of the Danish word hig yes yes yeah 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 okay yeah I'm I love I'm a big fan of hig and and I love cozy kind of environments and it really does make you feel good and it you feel good when you're with you know maybe a friend and it's just uplifting to be in such a nice environment and enjoying you know tea or catching up with someone it makes the whole it makes an experience I guess exactly And for us, I wanted an atmosphere that you could feel comfortable being alone because also when I was growing up in Dubai, a lot of people didn't go to cafes alone with a book or with um, their laptop or even if they just wanted to take themselves out on a date. Um, It was kind of one of those things where you'd feel self-conscious going anywhere alone. So I wanted something that felt inviting that people could just spend the day there with their thoughts and you know, not feel like a loser because everywhere else in the world, it's totally acceptable to go somewhere alone. Um, And then I also wanted it to be dynamic enough for people to go with friends, with family, or even their first Tinder date, going on to a safe Mm -hmm. space, something Mm -hmm. that was dynamic enough to to kind of accommodate all types of needs. Yes, and it certainly does. And you're, you're completely right about feeling kind of alone. And I guess there's a lot of people who are expats that visit Dubai who, to live and, and, you know, they might not know anybody. They might not have any friends. So um, I guess it's a nice place to even, you know, meet people as well. And if you start going on a regular basis, you might notice that a certain person or people go, you know, on a regular basis too. So then you can connect. Sounds like a good networking place too. For sure. That's that's what our idea was in mind, hopefully. Okay, great. So um, your tea house was also voted, as mentioned in the introduction, seventh uh, most Instagrammable cafe in the world, which is a huge and wonderful title. <laughs> How did you feel when you realised this? Oh, I felt so many things. I think the top of the, the list of feelings would be humbled. I think um, mm. having, having been a a homegrown business, a family business, actually. Um, and having had no previous business experience before this, um, I was over the moon. I was in shock. I was um, even more motivated to be number one <laughs> the next year. <laughs> um, I think it's it's really made me proud of um, my family, our team, um, everyone we've worked with, our our loyal customer base. I think it's, it's something that was heartwarming and it really made me feel like I'm um like I'm, I'm doing the right thing like I'm it's hard work pays off and I think um it's milestones like this that really it, like you remember this when like you're having a bad day at work or when something goes wrong or one of the hundred operational issues that happen um in the life of an entrepreneur like it's milestones that like this that remember, make you remind yourself of things to be grateful for so I'm 
um, I was shocked and humbled to say the least. No, it's true because when you kind of start and it's sometimes hard to see as an entrepreneur the, the kind of goal when you've reached it because you're just so kind of in the midst of starting it and, and getting things in place that it's it's hard to see the progress. But once you do get to a place where you can kind of be proud that you've achieved something so amazing, you look back and you just think, wow, all of this hard work did literally pay off. And I can imagine the hard work it took behind it. Like it's not easy at all. Um, and in Dubai, where I guess there's just so many different types of cafes and everything to compete yeah. with. Um, it's just amazing that, you know, that it, something like this can be achieved. And I guess it's inspirational yeah. for other people that might, you know, want to follow suit eventually and do something similar. So, yeah, that's... Yeah, it's... <laughs> A trailblazer, indeed. <laughs> You're making me blush, you can't even see. <laughs> oh. um, so you actually custom blend all the teas as well yourself. And this is beyond impressive for me. So first of all, how did you learn about tea blends? And secondly, you know, we've mentioned earlier, you have always been a tea lover, haven't you? Yes. So I think um, the cool thing about tea is I see it as a universal culture. I think every culture has their own type of tea and tea is that thing that brings people together. Um, It brings people of all ages. It brings families together. It brings like it's it's something that unites us as a culture. And I think as humans, as as dramatic as that might sound, I think tea is like is a bonding mechanism for um, for everyone. So, uh, yeah, in my culture personally, like we've tea has always been there um, and we've all been tea drinkers. And uh, yeah, while I was in university and um, suffering with chronic pain issues, I did not want to resort to medicine because of side effects. And I was just looking into um, natural, holistic remedies, stumbled upon different tea ingredients that I was like, oh, no way. Like I drink that all the time. Like I didn't even realize um, or different ingredients that were easily available and um and just natural. So I, I started looking, I kind of fell into that wormhole of the science behind the teas, um, reading up about how um, they can help your physical health, your mental health. Um, some cultures and religions even believe that it, it creates a spiritual awakening within you. Um, and I was just like, I, I cannot step out of this now. I need to know more. So I ended up taking a tea sommelier course through a tea school in Toronto and um, from there it was just kind of research and I found a private supplier in Canada um, spoke to them as well about different ingredients that I wanted tried over 200 cups of tea Um, not all of them caffeine related so I wasn't bouncing off of walls (laughs) Um, and yeah just a lot of research um, on different things and trial and errors of course. Yeah when when you were um, explaining that I was actually um, thinking about my trip to Morocco um, and how mint tea is such a huge part of the culture um, especially after meals Um, so yeah it's just amazing how like you said it's just it is universal isn't it and It's just, yeah, everybody can relate to it and everybody likes to drink it. For me, I like to drink, you know, a chamomile tea before bed. It really helps to relax me. And um, I feel like you you get into this routine with teas. You know which kind of blends work work well for you. Yeah. And, um, for example, I have some... Uh, 
you know, issues with my stomach sometimes, gut related issues. Um, so I try to drink keys that uh, teas that have licorice and other such ingredients that may able to aid um, any problems like that. So yeah, you're completely right about approaching teas rather than you know drug kind of uh, options that, that doctors yeah. give you. No, for sure. We're going through you know unprecedented times right now. Are there any teas that you can recommend for our listeners uh, to drink to maybe relax or if they're feeling a little anxious? Yes, definitely. Um, at Thania's Tea we actually have a blend called Anti-Anxiety um, and I drank probably a liter of it today. <laughs> um, so it's, so okay, a few ingredients I can because I mean, I could go on and on and this, um, this could be 24 hours long, but I think <laughs> the most useful tea ingredients that are easily accessible. And, um, I think most, um, potent for, for anxiety, stress related, um, stress related ailments would be, uh, licorice root, which also helps your stomach as well. Um, lavender, uh, peppermint. And a lot of these ingredients don't just help with, um, with anxiety and, um, and stress, they help with like a plethora of them. But I think there's a, these top ingredients that I'm mentioning help with, help me feel calm. And, um, their studies show as well that, that they are very calming. Um, so sorry, I said licorice root, um, peppermint, lavender, um, rooibos tea as well is very mm. good for, um, for anxiety. Um, gyostema, the ingredient I mentioned earlier, um, it's it's actually a, a herb that helps you um, helps you fight off environmental stressors. So often that can be physical ailments, and it can also be um, mental health related as well. Um, because you know the fight or flight responses that we get when we're stressed, mm. um, the changes in adrenaline, the changes in serotonin levels. So it helps us balance those. Um, there's another ingredient called ashwagandha root, which is a de-stressor. It helps you regulate your circadian rhythm and your sleep patterns as well. Um, it also helps with other mood related disorders as well. Um, and basically, uh, a top ingredient to look for when you're drinking teas is L-thionine, which actually stimulates your, um, your alpha waves and it, it helps you, um, regulate your mood. But yeah, those are the, I mean... I can definitely recommend more as well. Um, but I think those are the top ones that I've been super into recently. Um, but otherwise, like in terms of actual tea flavors, um, green tea is great for you. Um, herbal teas such as, such as chamomile, um, even ginger tea, ginger helps with anxiety and helps well, it helps you calm your stomach and it helps you calm your mind as well. So you have these blends already available? Yes, we do. And do you ship internationally? We unfortunately don't yet. We are working okay. on our e-commerce. Hopefully that's our goal for quarter one of next year, actually, to start shipping internationally. Okay, brilliant. Yes, please do let me know. And then I'll, I'll definitely post about it and share because I think, yeah, lots of people would love to, and I especially would love to, to order some things if I can't get to Dubai uh, before then. Um, so you're located in such a prime location as well, Jumeirah Beach. And I mean, it's beautiful there. Did you know you wanted that location from the very beginning? 
Yes, I think centrality was very important for me uh, because in Dubai, it's as much as it's a quite a small city, um, I wanted a place that was easily accessible and a place you could drive by because um, problems here are things like construction work happening, um, not finding parking. And I was like, nope, I don't want to give anyone ex an excuse to not be able to come here. And especially because we do events as well. So accessibility is very important. Yes, um... I, I can imagine <laughs> with that. I know what the roads are like in, in Dubai. So, uh, yes, I guess that was definitely a big factor. And lots of people go to the beach as well. So it's definitely a great location to be. Um, I absolutely love that you have a boutique, is it? A boutique. Boutique. <laughs> boutique. But it's spelled B-O-U and then T as in T-E-A and then Q-U-E. So, yeah, I love the pun. <laughs> um, but you feature the works. Yeah, no, you're welcome. You feature the works of a lot of local brands and designers. Um, and I really have this affinity for other founders who big up or showcase the work of others. So can you tell us a bit more about those kind of designers the art that or the brands that you have sure so um while I was in Canada I saw a lot of cool cafes that were doing concept stores as well in addition to, to selling their own merchandise they were um offering space to um to feature other local brands and designers because um an, an issue we see here in Dubai is that oftentimes you know we have amazing amazing brands that we work with but it's, um, it's often a struggle for them to either open up their entire flagship store or find a place where they can um, retail their items and get adequate brand coverage. So, um, and I mean, I always had this philosophy of um, we don't need to be a shark to survive in this business. Leading with kindness and having a brand that is open to collaborations and kind of with this mentality of, you know, we can all survive together. We can all promote one another and and all succeed together. So it was really important for me to be able to um, work with other brands that were, um, that, and all these people that we've worked with have been so lovely, so kind from our end, as much as we can market them, as much as we can give them um, coverage in our store as well, um, even link up with uh, workshops or classes. Um, I mean, to name a few, we've worked with, we've had the pleasure of working with so many different types of homemade candle companies like Candelicious to Shinebop Shop who makes um, phone straps, mask straps, um, beaded bracelets, um, quite quite quaint who makes flower arrangements um, and flower crowns, uh, Party Camel who, who does party supplies. We've had such an interestingly wide variety that it's been, um, it's always um, tempting for me to shop as well every time I'm at the cafe. <laughs> Yes. And I think it's lovely to have, you know, a cafe and then you can buy something as, um, from there as well, especially if you're visiting, maybe a tourist even, because then you can kind of remember, you can yeah. link that and, and that experience together. So, uh, yeah, definitely a good idea um, to have that kind of concept. Um, another thing that I really appreciate about your cafe is the wide offering and range of people who you cater for. So you've ensured that people with allergies or who are on special diets can still enjoy the food and drinks in your cafe. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Sure. So I have a million things I'm allergic to. Oh. <laughs> um, 
always been a struggle. So I have a very serious peanut allergy where I can't even smell, touch, or eat peanuts. And along with that, I'm allergic to shrimp and tofu and peas and soy milk and a bunch of other things. So um, in a place like Dubai, where you know we have a, a solid bowl of people from different cultures, often um, there's a language barrier. So um, my struggle with uh, going to cafes and restaurants um, over the last uh, 15, 16 years here has been sometimes when you say, oh, I can't have this ingredient, they won't really know what it is. Um, or, you know, they might say something like, oh, yes, we do have peanuts in um, in our food, but they might actually be thinking of another nut. Um, so for me, it was very important to do um, very strong staff training in terms of all allergens, all the ingredients of every single food item on the menu. So I didn't want just our kitchen to know all the ingredients and the recipes. I wanted our our servers as well to know um, because allergies are serious. It can be a, a, um, a life or death situation. So serious. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's more of a Western mentality that I think Dubai's picking up more on and, and has, has definitely improved upon. Um, and even not only allergies, but food insensitivities um, with autoimmune disorders on the rise. A lot of people are being more mindful about what they eat, um, me included. So even things like gluten and dairy and sugar and um, even uh, knowing the macros of the food you're having. I think these are all really important things that we need to be informed about. So, um, so yeah, that's something that I think um, I pride myself on our, our team knowing all of this stuff. No, I think you should be proud because it's very forward thinking. And in I think it's important, especially with cafes, that, that they are having this kind of progressive mentality because, as you mentioned, you know, allergies are serious. And there has been, you know, some very unfor- unfortunate cases in the UK um, where people have passed away from from yeah. allergies. And it's just like, wow, it's just a simple thing. You know, it's just an ingredient on a box that they haven't they failed to kind of put on there. So I guess the people who are visiting and visiting your cafe appreciate that so much. I can only imagine. I know that things must have changed, you know, a little uh, for you since um, operating your business during a pandemic and a lockdown. How how has things been in in Dubai? Well, it's been a whirlwind. Um, Safe to say we're still open. So that's um, something to be positive about. Um, we're, you know, business has definitely picked up in the last few months, which is awesome, but for small businesses and especially in F and B where it, um, it takes years to break even, it takes years to actually make money. Having a few months with low sales can be detrimental. Um, every day of sales counts. And, uh, and I mean, in Dubai right now, there's still social distancing rules. So we've had to get rid of three tables downstairs and three tables upstairs. So that's six tables that we don't have, which means six groups of people, um, six group. Yeah. So six mm-hmm. tables, of people throughout each and every day that we're missing out on. So we're, you know, it, it, all the little things matter. Um, but I mean, having said that there's also been the positive side of, um, coronavirus has, um, has actually allowed us to change our business model overnight where we started doing deliveries as well. So there's, there's always kind of a silver lining. And I think you only, um, see how strong you can be as a business and as a person when, um, everything goes to, to crap. (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. And these times are so testing now. And like you said, a lot of people have had to change their business model completely. Um, And lots of people are are kind of looking uh, to to work with companies such as Deliveroo or or Uber um, over here. And um, yeah, I think it's the way forward. But also when you start to do that, you realise that, wow, this actually, you know, this actually works. So maybe it could be something that you keep going forward. So I know that things are quite fast and progressive in Dubai. What do you think 2021 will look like? That's a good question. I think um, I would have had a very different answer a year ago before COVID hit. Um, I have faith that now with a vaccine um, nearly out, uh, well, I mean, in the next few months, hopefully, like the, the COVID situation will get better. Fingers crossed, touch wood. Mm. <laughs> um, I think that maybe a little slower than I anticipated before, but I still think that um, there are a few food trends or even trends within the industry that I, I still do see happening. Um, one of them is after COVID, uh, I do believe that Dubai has been on this track to to be less wasteful in terms of plastic, one-use cutlery and everything. I think more and more people are actually bringing their own cutlery or cafes are selling um, eco-friendly uh, cutlery kits. Once COVID does lift, I'm hoping that we can get back to that. And even things like... Um, takeaway cups that are made from uh, locust bean or tapioca rather than plastic. I mean, there's so many cool things that are coming out now. Um, There's even straws that are made from agave syrup. Those things are definitely things I see in Dubai. Um, I think people are definitely becoming more and more mindful. So what we talked about earlier, like dietary restrictions and uh, and allergies and um, macros, I think more restaurants will be adding their nutritional values to all their food. Like I think in the U S and Canada, a few years ago, they've, um, they started doing that. And I think now that um, that will be something here as well. Um, And I think something that's not really um, limited to F and B, but something I've definitely seen a shift in since the year we opened, which was about two and a half years ago is um, less gender roles associated to colors. Uh, When we first opened we were the first real pink cafe in Dubai. And um, I'll be honest, we had men say that, oh, like we love tea, but we're, you know, we're not really into pink and like this feels too girly. And I was surprised because coming from Canada and I mean, being raised in America as well, um, most international sports brands like Puma and Nike and Adidas use pink in their kits for football or um, basketball or soccer. And I mean, it's, I never, I guess I never really associated as pink equals girl, blue mm. but, um, and I actually had one customer email me in my second month of opening saying that, um, he came into the cafe and he felt so uncomfortable. It was actually a, a hate mail. He sent me wow. saying your, your, your cafe's too pink. Uh, he was insulted by it. Like I, I didn't know, am I supposed to apologize? Like it was, it was such a strong reaction. And I think, um, from a psychological point of view, I do think that, um, men who are more secure, uh, mm-hmm. don't really care as much about colors. And I think, um, men who are more um, comfortable with their masculinity and their their gender role and even just their um, self uh, their outlook on themselves, I think won't really care about pink pink cafes. And I it's it's really been cool because that was you know second month of our first year of opening, and since then like 
more and more men are coming in and men who are coming in together of all different age groups and nationalities. And, um, and even my husband, I, um, the first day I met him, he was wearing a pink t-shirt and he, oh. um, maybe that's why I fell in love with him. Cause he's like, I love <laughs> pink. so yeah, this has just been something interesting to see. And I think it's definitely the vibe becoming more and more progressive about, um, about yeah like um perceived masculinity yeah so many things that's that's something I actually you know I I'm going to be honest I did notice it um in Dubai so I went with my partner and um I remember like simple things such as you know going into the mall or, or going to take a taxi somewhere they would address him first and I'm I'm kind of not used to it because in London I'm usually like I'm the person who kind of make not makes the decisions but like if we're going somewhere I, I've usually kind of you know I I'm the one who who's decided to kind of where we're going on. yeah so it was so strange and so different um for me to experience that but I guess like it, sure. it is definitely a cultural thing um and especially with the colors as well as you were mentioning you know the pink walls I can only you know imagine that that mm-hmm. could have been an issue but it's so you know nice and refreshing to hear that that people are slowly well quickly I guess actually progressing into not following certain standards and and gender rules and um I love to hear about the sustainability as well that there's straws made of agave that's just amazing um yeah it's just oh I'm so glad (laughs) that Dubai is is moving forward like this (laughs) so is there any advice at all that you could because I know you know when I went to Dubai I heard a few people talking it's quite difficult to to start something if you're not originally a, a, a national in Dubai um so is it is it difficult to to start a business is there any advice that you would give to somebody a listener who's maybe thinking of relocating and starting something in dubai so interestingly enough earlier this week um a new rule was lifted where now expats can be a hundred percent owners of their own business wow yeah it's huge so before um before you needed a shareholder that was Emirati yeah. owned 51% of your business. But the thing is, this is just a formality. Um, what you usually do is you find a, um, a nice partner who you, um, you just pay for being a sponsor and then you basically run, run the show. Um, but in terms of advice, okay, it's relating to the buy to start a business. It has definitely become much, much easier than it was three years ago. Um, the Dubai Economic Department is very helpful with answering questions from start to beginning. Like when I, when I moved back after university, I was just like, where do I start? Um, you know, I found a few blogs online of people who've, who um, opened businesses here. But back then, the problem was rules kept changing. So a bunch of the steps were like either different or like irrelevant, but now they have a very easy process on their website, as well as they have, um, the bioeconomic department actually has a cafe, which is quite pretty and trendy if I'm being honest. And you can even go there and sit with a representative and ask every question you have, no matter how silly it might sound. Um, so I'm definitely happy to hear. I guess I should have mentioned this as well in, in terms of the buy being more progressive, that it's much easier to, um, to open a business here. Um, and there are step-by-step guides um, through the, through the um, economic department portal. Um, in terms of advice that's not so legality related, I would say um, definitely 
do not copy and paste someone else's business. Mm. <laughs> I think that's kind of a trend here to do. Um, oh, okay. And I guess something that, that, um, that I guess I'm a little, um, not sensitive, but something I've, I've just seen it so many times that, um, you know, people will see something that's trending and they'll just be like, Oh my God, I'm just going to open that without genuinity, I guess. I think, mm-hmm. um, and, and then you see them fail because they've just tried to, to rip off maybe something from their, their home country or something already existing in Dubai down to like the name, the, um, you know, it's literally copy paste. And I feel like people do value authenticity and genuinity, especially as a small homegrown business. So I definitely think, um, stay true to, to what your vision is and, you know, make it, make it unique. Um, because yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't last for long if, if, if that doesn't exist. (laughs) I a hundred percent agree with you, Tanya, on that one. As a small business owner, I completely relate. And I think that you need to have passion, first of all. Passion is what makes your business. Yeah. And if if you don't have that, then it's not going to last. It's not going to be sustainable. And I think people have this thing where they kind of look at something like they'll look at your tea house and they think, wow, this is amazing. I'm going to do it. But not realizing how much work has been put into it I think people think this quick money and kind of quick business scheme actually works but it doesn't you have to put blood sweat and tears (laughs) yeah I think it's um people assume I'm this airy fairy girl um who looks 16 years old without makeup and they think I just sit and drink tea all day but it's like oh you don't know like I think um not trying to um uh, not trying to make it sound negative starting your own business, but I mean, if if we're being real, it's not a glamorous job. It's not something where you can just sit and order people around and make mu- sit on your big piles of money. It's it's so much work. You like you said, you have to be passionate. You also have to have grit. Um, you know, with social media and the internet, um, haters will attack you. Not everyone. You can't be everyone's cup of tea. Quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Thank you. And you have to just accept that, you know, you have to do your best as you can as a, as a business owner and as a brand and you have to kind of, yeah, it's, I think grit is definitely needed. And I was a very soft, sensitive, people pleasing person before, before all this. And it's really, um, it's really made me stronger as a person. Yeah definitely business makes you grow you become resilient you know you you don't you don't even take the negative comments on board in fact you probably use them to drive you even more okay well I'm going to do this now so you know it it kind of spurs you on um so yeah well done you should be so proud of of everything you have achieved honestly it's motivational (laughs) You're welcome. So moving on to my favourite part of the show now being cats. So can you tell us a little bit more about your life and journey with cats so far? Of course. So um, I think the first cat we got as a family was when we lived in California, which was 17 years ago. Um, and then uh, unfortunately, we couldn't bring her to Dubai, but our um, our family friends took her in and we still ch- we actually still check in on her from time to time. Um, but we, so when we moved to the vibe, um, I really wanted to get another cat again. Um, and we, we ended up being volunteers with an organization called Feline Friends. We cats, took care of them. And, um, I don't think it was until, 
I think eight years ago that we got our, we actually um, adopted a cat instead of just fostering and then having to say bye to it. Um, yeah. And we, and then, and while I was in university, I also fostered, um, fostered cats as well. So, I mean, we've done all the grueling, like um, cleaning the, the cat, cats who don't have mothers, like, you know, um, washing them, allowing them to, um, how do I say this in an elegant way, but, you know, um, from every, every aspect of, uh, of cleaning and um, feeding. And I've, I've had cats with asthma as well, who have a little raspy, mm. meow, which is the saddest thing to hear. <laughs> I don't wish that sound upon anyone. Um, and then when I moved back and got married, um, actually six months ago, and I'm staring at, at my cat, as I say this with pride, we got um, our cat chamomile here. Um, named after the most calming, relaxing tea flavor, which was, <laughs> I thought, appropriate and on brand. <laughs> yes. So, um, and then my parents live um, live a few minutes away and they still have um, the cats we have growing up. So we, uh, Kami gets along with them as well. Um, my sister has a cat as well named Maya. So all of our cats are friends, um, friends sometimes, frenemies, I'd say. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like I've, to go into why I love cats, I think they're they're low maintenance, which is awesome. They clean themselves. They are um, like they they do their own thing, and then when you need a cuddle, they come next to you as well. And I think it's the most de stressing thing having an animal. And I think seeing how, I, especially working in the cu- customer service industry, you'll have amazing, amazing customers, but you'll also have to deal with quite a few oddballs and just different situations. I think I like cats more than humans. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> cats and tea go so well together, don't they? 100%. It's like you can literally sit, have a tea and stroke a cat and it's like the best thing ever. That's my favourite part of the day. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. So as you know, you know, that there, there is like this kind of, issue in Dubai with stray cats um have you noticed any particular issues with the cats that you might see around on the street that are strays so I've actually <clears throat> I read an article a few months ago that said that Dubai municipality would start putting feeding centers in certain areas um, I think the problem is um, with so many cultures in Dubai in many cultures cats and dogs are kind of not frowned upon, but not really liked. Mm. Um, and I think it's it's a very personal taste and having pets. And I think you uh, you find uh, people of different cultures and backgrounds and ethnicities and just kind of walks of life that will adore everything from like you know bugs and lizards and snakes to cats and dogs and uh, llamas and whatever else. And then some people will be. And I think. Some cultures, especially cats, are superstitious as well. Mm. So I think it's um, it's really difficult to navigate this in a multicultural place like Dubai. Um, and unfortunately, I do think a lot of stray cats come from expats who move out and they don't know what to do with their animals and they just abandon them on the on the street. Um, and then cats um, cats uh, mate like crazy and then you're stuck with a, a situation here um and it's actually uae law to get your cats microchipped when you um when you uh when you get them so that if they are found you know either by accident if if they've um if they've gone missing or if someone is purposely dumping them on the mm. street um if they call you up and um which i guess is a is a 
it's overall a good thing because if your cat goes missing and someone finds it, they just take it to the vet and they get microchipped and it's your name and address and everything so they can contact you, which is I, I think is an amazing system over a caller which can follow off. Um, and then it's also good because if someone has abandoned their cat and it gets microchipped and they check and that person says, oh, I don't want the cat anymore, they actually get a fine. Good. Yeah. Which I think is karma. <laughs> yeah, they need to be held accountable because yes. you can't do that. That's just not awful. A living, breathing creature. You wouldn't leave a child behind, and like you said. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Um, fortunately, and a lot of the cats that we fostered it as well, and like I've heard so many foster stories about cats and dogs as well that. Um, when people end up adopting them or fostering them, these cats have trust issues with their mm-hmm. new owners. They have depression. Uh, I mean, ca- uh, animals can have mental health disorders as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, stranger danger when they come across someone and cats who have been um, unfortunately physically abused by their owners and they mm-hmm. shy away from it's It's honestly heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. It does break my heart. Um, even some of the cats, the rescue cats that I look after uh, with my cat sitting company, um, it's just really sad at first. You kind of see it in their faces, really. They kind of have this body language and you're just like, oh, my goodness, like somebody has, has treated you badly and um, they really shy away. But it does make me feel you know, better when I start to build a bond with them and they start to trust me and start to sit near me and gradually let me stroke them. And then even and maybe eventually let me uh, let them sit on my lap um which is just oh amazing but um yeah it's just awful that that people can be cruel to to yeah. such innocent innocent creatures that d- that don't have a voice to kind of speak about you know what's happened so exactly. horrible but I'm glad there's good people out there um yeah. like you guys who are who are doing so much um for cats which makes me happy <laughs> and I mean this is a bit of an obvious question really but do you think that cats add a sense of well-being to your life and do you have any stories about that at all? 100% I think um, I mean there's many difficult days at work or even um, if I'm working from home that I'm just um, hunched over my laptop and typing like a maniac or just stressed out of my mind and um, and especially having an autoimmune disorder as well um, which causes pain flare-ups and migraines and just days that um, I've described this before and in other ways that you just feel like you've been hit by a bus everything hurts and you um, on top of being stressed about work you're stressed about your health and that's just kind of a, a stress cycle of feeling um, feeling crappy and I think um, on days like that I swear chamomile can sense it Mm-hmm. She'll come up to me, she'll she'll give me a cuddle, she'll give me a little meow, she'll do a little nuzzle, like she she knows. And even when I'm upset, like she um she just knows. Um <laughs> I know I sound like a crazy No, person, no. <laughs> I swear she and just and even days I just come home from work and I just hear her meow and as soon as I open the door, she comes and like, you know, rubs up against my leg. I'll be like, oh, throw all the worries from the day and focus on chamomile like it's um it's it's the most wonderful thing and my husband can relate as well because he's a workaholic um (laughs) and he um he actually has never had a cat before me so I think I've brought more to the table in this marriage than he (laughs) (laughs) but um he was nervous about having a cat and then we got chamomile and I actually think if it's even possible he might love her more than I do um I'm never gonna say that to him but I mean (laughs) He lovingly does her litter. That's like the one thing that I'm like, 
I'll do it because I love you, but I'm not like excited to do it. He's he's like, oh, it's time to do Cammy's litter. Like, <laughs> so I think it's, it's something that brings us together as a couple. And it's something that like, you know, it, it enhances our life. And especially with lockdown and COVID and staying at home more, it's, um, it's, it's such a joy. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I'm literally smiling and there's like tears in my <laughs> eyes. Because I can relate to everything you just said, like with the cats feeling the emotion um, to you kind of growing stronger or or even closer with your your husband. Um, I feel the same with my boyfriend as well. He's a cat lover. um, And when we look after cats together, we often compete for their love. Like it's really sad. (laughs) But um, <laughs> yeah, we're just like, oh no, he loves me more. Uh, <laughs> um and yeah, they they bring such joy. And I can hear it in your voice as well. I mean, I know that you're you're hundred percent loving Camon. And your cafe is pet friendly as well, which was lovely to hear because you know, we love dogs as well. So of course it's lovely that people can bring their dogs along to the and cafe too. As well, actually. And cats. What? Okay. I've noticed even with with um, the breed of chamomile ragdoll, I think some 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 cats actually don't mind. I know, like traditionally, cats don't like movement; they don't like being in cars; they don't like leaving their house. But I think I actually know some cats who don't mind it. Um, we've had a few cats come to the cafe as well. Um, I forgot the name of the cat. I think his name is Oreo, but he basically the owner, um, this lovely lady. She um, she would bring. Oreo to the cafe and he would be in different costumes every time <laughs> the banana ones he was sailor moon all these like different weird things and she like uh, Oreo actually liked it he was sitting there and purring. um we've had someone bring a hedgehog as well so it's it's really cool oh to my gosh. see what people <laughs> see what people bring Yes, it's like a little animal cafe. Oh my goodness. It just sounds amazing. I actually really can't wait to visit now. <laughs> I'm definitely going to visit um hopefully next year at some point. Um, yeah, I'd love to. Um so can you tell our listeners um why your cafe is the place to be in 2021? <laughs> if I haven't already emphasized tea is life changing. Um everyone is going through something, whether it's a physical, financial, mental health, spiritual related thing. Um, as humans, we, you know, we have a complexity of things going on all the time. And I, I honestly think that taking that time for yourself and having your cup of tea and finding a tea that works for you and enhances your well-being is something I can personally help you with. Um, I really enjoy helping customers find tea. Um, that they like. And I've had so many people be like, I'm not much of a tea drinker. So I think I'll have a latte. And I'll be like, hold up, I'm going to find something you like. And my success rate is 100%, I have to say. Mm. <laughs> um, so I, I think it's what we offer in terms of our customer experience with teas, um, and even our aesthetics and our food, it's it is something that you can't find somewhere else. And you cannot copy paste either. Um, so I definitely think we're, we're, um, we're worth the visit in Dubai. And, um, and, you know, we are looking at franchising as well. We would love to open internationally. So if you're interested in bringing this to your hometown or know someone who is, um, 
please hit me up. <laughs> London is ready. London is ready for Tanya's Tea House. So I'm just saying that there's, there's big opportunities here. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Lastly, if the listeners want to find out more about your tea and online, where can they find you? So you can follow us on Tanya's Tea House on Instagram, www.tanyasteahouse.com. Um, you can even DM me personally as well. It's Tanya Lodi. Um, yeah, we're everywhere. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much um, for chatting with me today, Tanya. Honestly, I just feel like you're like a cup of tea because I feel <laughs> I feel so uplifted. I'm not going oh. to lie. I was having a bit of a mm, day where I just felt like oh. everything's dark here in London and um, I'm oh, not no. feeling great. But then this conversation definitely perked me up and um, I've really, really enjoyed talking to you. Feeling mutual. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, So that's goodbye from us. So thank you so much again, Tanya, and goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.